0: Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be. Helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. There's an identifying with it. That's part of my day. My day goes a certain way. Can you feel the interweavingness there? It's, it's an over identification with the substance. And implicit in that is that's who I am. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Today, we look at addiction and change through the lens of a morning cup of coffee. Most of us identify with certain habits and routines related to our addictions or cravings with an assumption that it's somehow part of us. We say things like, I'm a coffee person. And some people even say things like, I'm a busy person. Or even, I'm a coffee person because I'm a busy person. Do you see how the self-identifications compound? We can have unhealthy relationships with anything, especially being busy. We're going to talk about this. So for for part one of our four-part series on surrendering to change, we're going to learn about the two primary ways that we can orient toward changing something in our lives. I offer weekly member webcasts and teach live courses on clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share part of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. I'd appreciate it very much. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. So I want to uh, talk for a while about change and uh, sort of generally about the subject and and then we'll do a little exercise with it. I was reflecting on what to talk about today. And, and just five minutes ago, the, the, the phrase, when you ask someone about uh, coffee in particular, and I'm, I'm eliminating my uh, morning caffeinated beverage right now. I've been whittling down my yerba mate from a tablespoon and a half. I'm down to a half a tablespoon this morning. And uh, in a week, it'll be zero. And I so every morning, my mind is thinking about a caffeinated bitter substance, and the reason I don 't drink coffee is because if I did, I would probably drink a gallon of it a day i 'm sure I was born addicted to coffee and, along with chocolate, and I love it so much I just it 's easier for some people for sure for me to uh, abstain rather than moderate it's and, and that 's a, a really interesting concept right right there actually because The counsel you'll get from most experts is moderation. But um, that's not necessarily useful for all people. Um, Gretchen Rubin, a really cool uh, business teacher, guru person, has a a little model. If you search for Gretchen Rubin, you'll you'll find her. She has a model uh, of... I forget what they are. There's There's a people pleaser, an upholder... And two other categories, I think, but the, um, the category that jumped out for me was that of the upholder. Upholders are the ones who will not talk in the movie theater because it's against the rules. It's not the right thing to do. They're, very, they're oriented toward principles. And uh, it's, a, it's about 10% of the population, people think. Upholders are usually not very good at moderating. I am an upholder because it's just way easier to make a rule and follow it rather than to use one's discretion mechanism, one's choice mechanism to decide how much of it to use. So if I eat chocolate, I'll eat too much of it. It's just way easier for me just not to do it at all. Now, you could also argue, well, why don't you get to the bottom of what that's about and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I I do that too. So you have to use some discernment there. But there are only so many things you can be working on in yourself at any given time. Sometimes it just makes sense to make a decision. So I was thinking about, uh, if you ask 100 people about coffee in, in the morning, you'll hear a lot of them say this phrase. Maybe you even say to yourself, well, that's just a part of my day. Have you heard anybody say that? Well, how much caffeine do you drink? Well, I have a cup in the morning, but that's just part of my day. Right? What? <laughs> what do you mean it's part of your day? You mean like the sun coming up? That it, it's 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 part of your day like opening your eyes, like breathing, like getting out of bed? Like those are parts of your day. But the coffee. Is that really true that it's a part of your day?
1: I've had to stop drinking coffee multiple times since about my mid 30s because I'll start having heart palpitations and ringing in my ears, all sorts of like highly unpleasant, worrisome things. Mm-hmm. And when I stop drinking coffee, even if I switch to green tea or something else, they all go away over, you know, so my sleep improves. And so I'll quit drinking it for nine months or a year and then I'll come back to it slowly, like oh, I'll just have decaf and then I'll just have, and the then I, slope. That's when I'm i totally back in the coffee cycle right now, uh-huh. but thus far, and you know, I keep like clinging on to. I had this friend who's about a decade older than me. And she said, Oh, when I was in my forties, I had those same problems with coffee, but then it just magically got better one day. And now I can drink it all the time. So that I've been holding out for this promise of like, One day I'm going to turn a certain age and coffee won't be a problem for me. anymore.
0: And, uh, yeah. And so it can be an experimental process where you abstain and go back and abstain and go back. And, you know, ultimately I think, you know, this life or the next one wants to get to the bottom of whatever their issue with coffee, chocolate, cake pops, cake pops. I mean, my God, just, just the concept it's more convenient than cake, but just as good, right? I mean, I just, if you, you had trouble <laughs> with a fork and that was keeping you from stuffing your face, suffer no longer, my friends. It's on a stick. Well, yeah. well love cake, but don't want to have to deal with utensils and the inconvenience of cutting a piece off. And this might be for you.
1: Jamie, I made those one time with my sister. They are crazy time intensive per what you actually like get from them. Oh, I bet. I mean, I
0: had no idea. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, the price they're crazy tasty. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, because it's because it's convenient for the consumer, so the inconvenience has to be paid somewhere by someone, right? Like like sushi, very labor intensive. So so back to the the. I want to zoom in and explode like a diagram the the idea of coffee as part of one's day because in that phrase is really everything you need to know about addiction of any kind. It's all right there well, that's just part of my day, not just in this dismissive tone, like well, that's you know nothing to nothing see to here. See. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, right. Nothing to see. well, that's just part of my day. That's not not caffeine. That's just the morning. It's an absurd thing when you really think about it. It's just part of my day. It's just part of my day. How much do commercials play into that too? Because there's one that's been going around recently where this lady has this surprise party and it has to wait until after she's drank her cup of coffee before it can happen. (laughs) Yeah, I mean it's it's just part of my day wouldn't fly as an excuse unless there was group agreement about that right and when there's group agreement about something marketers are like oh boy let's jump on this assumption and sell stuff to people about it it's you know this is an important part of your day right that's what i'm telling myself all the time <laughs> you agree? <laughs> I was just saying that to my friend yesterday. It's an important part of my day my coffee. And they show the I mean, how we can we have this image of like the person looking out the morning window, with the coffee up to their face, and they're kind of waking up and like this is this romanticized image. You know, there's probably a thousand photos you can find of it on Google in just five seconds, right? And so worldwide, and if it's not uh, you know, uh, coffee in much of South America and in my household, it's yerba mate. And if it's not yerba mate, it's cacao. Or you know, say There's this tradition, a human tradition of a bitter, stimulating, warm substance that you drink in the morning, and it's part of your day. And then the heart palpitations start, and you go, man, I don't know if this is such a good part of my day, right? Or your doctor says, you know what? You know, that part of your day that you're doing 10 times a day, you know, maybe you need to back off. That part of your day that became a Coke around noon and a Red Bull at 2.30 and, you know, the espresso after dinner. I don't know how people do that. I don't have the constitution. I'd be up all night. But but some people are going to have like a full cup of coffee, like 120 milligrams of coffee after a meal and go to sleep an hour and a half later. Sometimes that's just a constitution thing. Uh, Sometimes that's because their caffeine tolerance is so incredibly high uh, that it doesn't touch them anymore. So again, that's just part of my day. Implicit in that, I would argue, there's an identifying with it. That's part of my day. My day goes a certain way, and that's part of it. Can you feel the interweavingness there? It's, it's an over-identification with the substance. And implicit in that is that's who I am. I am a coffee drinker. I am a mate drinker. I am a green tea drinker, whatever it is. I am that. Whatever that substance, behavior, beverage, food, whatever that is, when we have an addictive relationship to it, it's because there's, a, there's an assumption already that it's part of us. It's, it's, it's not something we use anymore. It's something where the line between it and us is blurred. And I found this surprisingly, uh, I, I found this with overwhelm when I started teaching a lot about overwhelm. Three, four years ago, I've sort of ramped up and made it more and more a core part of what I teach. And what I find more and more is that people are over identified with overwhelm. They literally do not know who they would be without it. Now, not, not everybody has that kind of relationship with busyness, but busyness, like anything, can be a drug. Just the same way, not everybody is addicted to coffee, but a lot of people are. But um, so all of this is to say, let's say there are two primary ways that you can orient toward changing something. You can change something from the perspective of, I'm going to stay this person. I know who I am and it's a static kind of thing. And I'm going to change this behavior, this habit, this thing. And I'm going to remain the same person who engages in a different behavior. I'm going to stay the same Joseph I am, but that Joseph's not going to have a caffeinated substance in the morning anymore. Right? Now that seems very reasonable. Right? Well, of course, you know, not having a little caffeine in the morning isn't going to be like this life altering, identity altering journey. Or might it be? Might it be? The other orientation, the first one is obviously most common where people have the sense of like, I'm me, I'm going to stay the same person and I'm going to do this differently. And this is not conscious, of course. The other orientation is this is a difficult thing for me and I'm going to embark on an emergent journey where letting go of this thing or making this change, I'm going to discover something about myself and I'm going to surrender to the act of this new behavior, this letting go of this substance, and let the process teach me something about who I really am. Now, the first method works for lots of things, but the deeper your over-identifying grip is on the thing, the more important the second attitude comes to bear. Because if you're over-identified, like I would say to someone who says, well, that coffee in the morning, that's just part of my day. I would want to say, who would you be without that part of your day? And the answer is grouchy, (laughs) right? (laughs) That would be what happens at first. And then, and then, and this is what I've been noticing. I'm like, wow, I don't want to be alive until I've had my caffeine in the morning. Maybe some of you can relate, right? So... In other words, I'm using that substance to get over this hump of engaging with my day. In other words, the substance is doing the work of engaging with my day for me.
1: So isn't some of that have to do with ritual? Is In addition to an actual addictive, I mean, you're addicted to the ritual, I guess, as well.
0: Yes. Well said. I love that you bring the word ritual. You're such an anthropologist, you. Yes. So the light side of it is ritual. Ritual is supportive for human beings. We are creatures of rhythm, right? Hearts beating, breath breathing, you know, pretty much the same beats and breaths per minute, you know, on average. Um, we have all sorts of cycles, digestive cycles and circulatory cycles. So we are creatures of rhythm. The rhythm is the light side and a habit is the dark side when the when the ritual is no longer serving your highest good it's become a drug and that as we all know is a very slippery slope right ask uh check out any uh shaman in the amazon they're all addicted to tobacco well not all but many you know now, tobacco is a sacred herb in that culture but the cleaner shamans don't inhale, <laughs> to use the the, the oft quoting Clinton uh, thing. Who smokes marijuana and doesn't inhale? <laughs> anyway, um, I just like the way it tastes, I guess. <laughs> just, just taste it, and if you want to see what the drug does to you, you know, later on you can try inhaling. But uh, um, the ritual use of tobacco usually doesn't involve inhaling, right? If you look around in Native American traditions and and, uh, indigenous traditions, they don't inhale that stuff. I mean, you get a little in you anyway, okay, but it's not the same as inhaling it. But then look at the slippery slope, then, hmm, I'm feeling kind of good. I wonder why that is. let me try actually inhaling this stuff. Whoa, that's a really strong effect. And now it's no longer a ritual. It's something you need every day or else you can't go to the bathroom or face the world, or, or whatever. So that's the light and shadow there. That's the light and shadow. And we're, we're drawn to rituals. We're drawn to that. and then. But when we give over our identity to it, now it's no longer a ritual that we're serving, or that, that a ritual that's serving us. It's a thing that we're serving. See the lyrics of uh, the great Metallica's Master of Puppets. Right? That's what that song is about in some ways when the, you know, when something you're, you're using occasionally somehow becomes your master. It's no longer about supporting your self authority. So that's why I, that's one of the reasons why I hate being addicted to anything. And I've been going back and forth with caffeine for a couple of years. I love it as a tool, but it's a, there's a slippery slope there where it becomes your master. Then it's not a tool anymore, right? If you can't put it down, it's not a tool. It's become a part of you. Now, what have you signed up for then? Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the Clear and Open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Be sure to visit clearandopen.com for the latest tools, articles, and free resources to help you on your journey. Thanks for listening. And bye for now.